Blog Talk Radio. podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Here we go. Yes, here we are, 2022. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just a tad off off I think for all of us I know that um starting this new year out we're we're still trying to get you know we're still trying to get our our own schedules together on the on the show but I think also personally um yeah. <laughs> been a little rough I think personally yes but, yes I agree yeah yeah so obviously um I'm going to let you start out. You you know, you had a, an exciting, I'm sure, time with Christmas and everything, your retail. So um, I'll let you kind of lead the way on what happened since the last time we were on show, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, it's been a really, we had a very busy holiday season at the shop. It was, it's, this is my sixth holiday season owning milk and honey so we're we're going into our seventh year uh it was our best year ever it was crazy busy and 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 beautiful and wonderful and um you know all of the 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 wonderful things that come from getting to be in a magical place at a magical time of the year so that was really good and uh, i had a book deadline at the end of the year too which (laughs) I, i was telling my partner this when i signed the contract I had a whole year to finish this first draft. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have this done by August. But then I procrastinated because <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And I didn't, I didn't even really start working on it until October. So, you know, I really wanted to be done before the rush of the holidays and where I needed to be focusing more of my energy on the shop. And that didn't happen. But I did get it turned in before my deadline, so that's good and exciting. And then uh, on January 8th, 
Witches, Heretics, and Warrior Women, my new book that um, that I was working on before this other manuscript finally came out. And it's been really fun uh-huh. to have a new book out and be sharing that with the world and starting to hear feedback from people. So that's really delightful. Uh, and then uh-huh. the other fun thing is me and Guion head to Tucson next week for the big gem and mineral show. We we went we went on in 2020. It was right before shit hit the fan with COVID. Like we went to this show and I was nervous because I had been hearing about COVID and it was like this thing we needed to be worried about. So I was nervous. And then last year it was canceled because of COVID. And this year it's back on. And so we're going and I'm nervous, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be, we're going to see so many beautiful sparkly things. And we get to get lots of treasures for the shop. So that is, that's the excitement that's ahead. So I'm looking forward to that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you've had the move. You have that going on, moving and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that I did close um, on a place in November Yay. And I made, yeah, and I was really excited about that. Um, and I made a commitment to myself that since every time I've moved, including the last time when I moved into my mobile home there in Santa Rosa, I have moved at December, you know, like November, December. Mm-hmm. And I was like going, I just can't see myself doing this gigantic, you know, hysterical push because, yeah, you know, it was just, it's the holidays. And I just like, oh, my gosh. So basically it, I said we'll see, do this slowly. I didn't realize how that statement was going to be taken by spirit. And believe <laughs> me, that's now what I am learning, okay? So yeah. slowly meant that at one point I needed to, um, I looked at the place and I go, I really want to paint. I have never painted any house that I have gone into, okay? I've always, you know, either they've been the right thing with wood paneling and everything or I just accepted it as I came in. And I did that in the same thing when I moved into the mobile home. Yeah. And kept saying, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that, and never did. Um, so this time I did, and then, of course, I got a paint party together with my daughter's friends, and we didn't get it done in the time I thought. So then what now has happened is it's dragging on, but it is almost at the end with the second coats. And I got very creative. I decided I was going to go do color and not just like a beigey white. So the new thing, of course, is the accent walls. And, you know, so I've got color. Color is definitely in this house. And in the meantime, um, you know, I changed the locks because, again, I may have gotten the keys, but I want to change locks. So a friend of the family who's also um, kind of very much into the maintenance and that kind of, tech, you know, that kind of construction stuff said he would do that. And as he got to the, there's a front door and a back door. As he got yeah. to the back door, he said, I can't change the lock. And I go, why? He says, because the okay. door is broken. 
I can't oh, change no. the lock. So I go, okay, and it's the washer-dryer utility room, which also is where I was going to be having the dogs. You know, I, I put them in because I don't leave them out and right. um, for a lot of reasons. But um, so he goes off to Home Depot and finds out they can't do that. You have to go to a – because this is a manufactured home. You have to go to a manufactured home company and they have that has supplies and they will make the door so he did and he found out and i was like 600 and i think 87 dollars later having this custom-made door which then gets shipped to us by literally the week before christmas but the first one is broken so they have to ship it back and then they ship us another one well now it's sitting on my living room floor (laughs) because we've had Freezing weather, literally ice and freezing. We've had snow. And the gentleman that is going to do this can't put this in when it's that cold, not only for his own sake of his hands and being that cold, but it doesn't work well to get, you know, it doesn't have to be warm weather. It just doesn't have to be freezing and snow. And I said, okay, so that was where we have left it. And then in the meantime, um, my daughter and her husband tested positive for COVID, so they've uh. been isolating, and I'm isolating as well. And um, you know, our my granddaughters haven't shown any signs, so they've got you know that kind of a thing. And you know, meaning it's it's kind of the the whole world kind of came to a real stop. And I'm just right. like, okay, so that's kind of where my world is in terms of moving in. Um, And, you know, there is a kind of a frustration level and and there's some things that I have found out in the meantime that, um, like, one neighbor has a garage and I didn't know until I talked to the POA uh, president that part of his garage is actually on my property. And then on the other side... Yeah, yeah, and on the other side, the neighbor actually did tell me he has a chain link fence back, you know, backyard, and he said, yeah. "Well, the other owner told him that part of that chain link fence is on the prop, or his property, which was is now my property." Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, "Okay, so the only way that I could do anything is I have to pay for a survey." which could be anywhere from 1500 to 5000 to survey the land and then determine what I need to do. And then, of course, by then, that would mean they'd have to either tear it down or they would have to pay me for the property. Yeah. Or I just leave it alone right now. And I said, you know, um, considering some of the other things, I'll just leave it alone. But, um, yeah, you know, it was it was like people aren't, always truthful they lie by omission yeah, yeah absolutely. and you know these were things that would have would have been appropriately disclosed and even my real estate lady who i've become really good friends with who loves my my woo-woo-ness and she wants to <laughs> kind of start hanging more with me because of it um we had lunch and i gave her her christmas gift um after christmas but still and i told her and she just looked at me and goes oh my god and it wasn't that I, – it was just these were things that were supposed to be part of disclosures, and yeah. you just yeah. have to, you know. So 
and it was because these people wanted to get their they'd had a disaster and it was one of those things they wanted to get the house sold and the person that they originally were selling it to fell out of escrow and yada yada so meanwhile i'm learning you know patience (laughs) which has been a whole new world unto itself um in here in this area so um you know, I, I've gotten accustomed to certain things, and I'm, like, going, okay, I'm I'm kind of getting used to the idea there's snow. The dogs had a marvelous time. They first snow was four inches, and I took them and put them on the, the roadway so that we could walk so I could pick up their dog poop. Because one thing about going to the – walking dogs and letting them poop on, on, on a property – you still have to find it. But with snow, you have a hell of a time. So <laughs> I'm like going, you know, I really don't think so. So we walked, I walked them on the, on the pavement, and then I brought them back and walked them across the snow. And you'd think that it's a little Westies. They, they're the smaller dogs, right? And you think they right. get all excited. Well, they, they got excited, but they didn't get, like, playful like I've been, everybody been telling me how their dogs like to get out and run around in the snow and bury in it and, you know, do all that. And these dogs, all they did was stick their nose and they sniffed every centimeter as we walked through the snow. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you have thoroughly sniffed what this is. So, but, um, so that's been a, a, an excursion and, you know, it's, um, I never had my door lock freeze, because that's another thing. Because I don't have a, well, right now, even when I do get to my house, it's a carport. But the cold weather causes your doors to, the the, the thing, the steel and, and freeze, right? So, mm-hmm. um I had, un- at one point, I went out, I didn't know this, I unlocked the door, and it did come open, Yeah. but then part of the mechanism had been frozen, so closing it, it wouldn't close. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was talking to um, the gentleman I'm staying here, this is uh, my daughter's father-in-law, and so we were talking, and he was telling me some of the, the tricks, and I'm going, okie dokie. That's good to know. So, <laughs> the things you don't yeah. have to think about when you live in certain climates. No kidding. California, it's like, yeah, right, uh, what? You had one day where it did snow, Fountain Grove and all of that area had a little bit of the snow and everything, and, yeah. and that was it. And it disappeared by the middle of the day to the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Um, here, you know, here it's not that. So I've, I've got a whole new world of... of um, experience and this is only you know i haven't hit all of it but it's enough to get me kind of like okay i i understand what i need to look out for or do or whatever so yeah that's the the and the thing that i keep saying oh it's getting so boring i'll be saying something i'll go yeah that's great i have that but it's in storage and i don't know where the hell it's at soon enough that will change I know, and and it's funny because on top of that, my daughter has a storage unit, and she said to me, "Mom, since we, you know, you're gonna, we're emptying out mine," and I said, "Yeah," and she said, "Well, could we keep one and I'll share it with you because I know I'm gonna need to empty out the one I have. These are climate, you know, yours are climate controlled, 
I said, yeah. And I, she says, but I have to get containers. And I go, no, you don't. Do you know how many plastic tub containers I have bought and have stuff in? By the time I take all the stuff out, I'll just, I'll give them to you to put the stuff in you need. I said, I'm not getting rid of them. I mean, obviously, they're well worth keeping. It's just if you use them. And so she was laughing, looking at me, going, yeah, I guess that's a good way to recycle. I said, yeah, it is. So, nice. but yeah, that's that's pretty much the that. And then you know, Christmas is great. Um, I got the gifts to kids and gifts to family members. And and back in California, I made sure everybody got you know stuff delivered. And it was it was um, seventy one degrees here for Christmas. My daughter oh. was running around in in shorts. I came over dressed in my big, you know, we, we usually do this, like we get up early, we go over to, you know, we go over there and then we all open up the gifts. And of course, that's usually about nine o'clock our time. Well, right. I put on my nice jammies and I go, you know, with my, my Uggs and I, I go down there, right? Well, I'm dressed in flannel jammies yeah. and I'm like going, what the heck? It, and I was sweating, and I didn't have anything underneath, you know, that I could, you know, like layered. So I was just sitting there kind of sweating myself, and, and of course, everybody was helping out with gifts and all that. I was going, right. 71 degrees on Christmas Day. You couldn't at least have it, like, in the 50s? Right. You know, but no, funny. no. Yeah, I thought that was very funny. It was like, yeah, okay. But, you know, it... it uh, <laughs> Those are the humorous things of, of this whole journey of um, changing my life. And, you know, part of it has been emotional because, you know, I had a lot of routines. I had a lot of places I knew I could um, I could go that were safe yeah. based on our, you know, the, the circumstances of COVID and all the rest of it. And here it's a little different. I mean, yes, I go to the grocery store, I mask up, <clears throat> I spray my hands when I get through, I, you, know, I, you know, I spray the stuff that comes in the you know, I do all the stuff that I've done across the board. But mm-hmm. um, part of it is, you know, there's just, it's like I do those things, but I haven't had a chance to get to know people to start any kind of, you know, interactions other than family members, which is great, but... You know, there's just so much my daughter can take of mom being around. I'm sure. And I, she kind of she kind of said to me, um, "Mom, I I, I didn't want to really talk about this, but we we really do need some you know of our own time." And I go, "Yes, dear, I understand." So I've made a big deal about like um, three to four days out of the week. I just don't. I'm not around. I'm over here doing yeah. whatever is I'm doing. So she, they, I give them space, but you know, yeah, it, yeah. it can be very upset. And I, I said, to her, I said, this is very difficult because obviously we have. I have to find people to connect with. I said I do. I mean, I have people I FaceTime with or Zoom with that are friends and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that. But you know, it's like you know, it does. There's a need for the the interaction socially, but mm-hmm. you know. But under that, yeah, it's kind of been a. You know, I've had my stepdaughter go through 
major um, issues with um, anxiety and panic attacks since, you know, this whole last, the six months of last year. And yeah. so I talk with her. I actually FaceTime with her. So, you know, I was able to, to connect with her so I could understand, you know, how she's doing. But people are having, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on that's hard, no matter mm-hmm. what yeah, we try to sure. do in this in this situation. So Yeah. Um, it's intense right now. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing I think is the hardest thing is, I understand, and I guess this is a political stance, or at least it's it's about, you know, making people wrong. You either do this or you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And there are different versions of how to take care of oneself. And I guess when you start making, you know, the mandates and making it structured where you take away your freedom... It's, yeah, it's kind of. I think we're we're bordering on a lot of uh, things, and I've noticed that there's a lot of backtracking all of a sudden. The Supreme Courts mm. and you know things are just kind of backing up. Not because it's not safe; it's because you're taking away a specific liberty, a freedom. And I think that's an issue. But that is my political stance for <laughs> for today. Yeah. So. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, we've got, you know, our show has had, a, you know, has also suffered a bit because we haven't, because we chose to change our our timing on, you know, yeah. doing it every other week. It's cost us, you know, a certain kind of momentum that we have always had. And mm-hmm. our world, according to things that happen into it, have also created um, a little different shift. So hopefully we will get ourselves in a a better focus for this year once, you know, we make it through January, (laughs) you know, go from there. Because I think um, we had an idea we were doing, and I I think we kind of lost it at the end. We were doing things on astrology, and then we kind of got shifted off. But I think for our personal um, way of functioning will will give people a better idea how our year is going to come together. So, but on that, I think we can actually go to the ask a witch, which, which, which (laughs) we can work with. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening today. We're going to do the ask a witch segment and answer the questions that have been sent in to us and so you might be thinking hey that's fun how do i get a question asked well here's how you do that you can go to our website which is witchpriestesscauldron.com and there's a little form to fill out where you can put in your question and it'll feature on our ask a witch segment which happens well you know once once every couple of months so you just know if you Mm -hmm. have a question that you want a uh, right away answer, that might not happen. It might take a couple of weeks or a month or so before you get your question answered. But we do try to get to them all, and um, yeah, that's it. So make sure you send us our questions. By the way, funny story, since we're in a Mercury retrograde right now, I went to try mm-hmm. and log in 
to my website because I have one service uh, where I have many websites connected and I couldn't get in. It wouldn't recognize my name. And I was like, son of a gun, what the hell is going on? So I tried a different browser. I know. I tried a different browser and it worked fine. So clearly it's just Mercury retrograde bullshit. But I was like, oh my God, I was going nuts for about 15 minutes trying everything. (laughs) Oh, Mercury retrograde. So anyway, uh, we have questions. Do you want to start us off? Well, yeah, let's see. Priscilla says, a friend of a friend told me that I have a gigolo inside me with a deal from a deal my grandmother made with the devil 55 years ago with my hair and blood. And standing behind me was he see he had he uh, standing behind me was seen Hakate standing very tall with her wolves. He has rounded up 10 medicine men to perform a ritual on me. Why was Akate standing behind me? I have never talked to her. Well, um, Akate is the goddess of the crossroads, the keeper of the keys of magic, and uh, to the to the um, I don't want to just say underworld, but she is she is the one who deals with that aspect of magic, not necessarily evil, but definitely opens the doors and if he basically saw her the wolves of course the hound the black hounds the wolves are the key you know just as we know they're the they're the um personification of personification of guardianship as well um we have that so i would probably say that she is even though you as an individual haven't talked to her magically, that she is there to help open the gate to work on removing this particular um, issue and uh, spirit out of you. Yeah. Now, so I'm going to turn this over to you. What do you think? Is there something else you, you know, kind of have on this? Yeah, well, I mean, I have a bunch of questions, which doesn't really help, like, uh, you know, so a friend of a friend, okay, so right there, I am skeptical. Like, you don't know this person. They just started giving you advice and telling you you had an evil spirit inside of you. I don't like that. Like, that makes me that makes me have doubts and questions, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and there is the fact that your grandmother made a pact with the devil 55 years ago that is making some sort of – First of all, a gigolo is the word for a male prostitute, so I don't quite understand the way that this is phrased. And I probably sound a little snippy right now, but I just need to say, anytime a friend of a friend starts telling you things about your spirit and your ancestors, and especially if this was unsolicited, like you didn't go to this person to specifically ask this stuff, suspicious suspicious red flag red flag red flag like this is so not okay and i'm assuming this friend of a friend is also the he who saw hecate and is rounding up 10 medicine men to perform a ritual there's just so many red flags on the play here i'm not comfortable with any of it at all Uh, i Uh would highly like my gut says do not trust this person please don't give them money (laughs) don't give them access (laughs) to anything 
Um, it's just, yeah. There's just lots of red flags. And, and I can't talk to you, Priscilla, so I don't know. Like, I, I would ask some clarifying questions if we could communicate and, and try to dig and get more information. Ultimately, what I would say is if Hecate is showing up, that's not a bad thing. That's not something to be worried about. That's not something um, to be fearful of. I agree with Elvira that this is, you know, likely that this is a, gar- a guide or a guardian or an ally who wants to help or clear the way or work with you or be, you know, a protector or whatever. Um, but there's so much more going on in this short paragraph that I feel like Hecate showing up is the least of my worries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so and I have to agree. Comes across flippant, but like red flag. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, my question when I started to read this, and it was like, this is a woman who has a male prostitute yeah. energy yeah. in her that right. was part of grandma. It would be, if anything, that would be the that that seems like such a a um, twisted reference point mm-hmm. with, you know, with that kind of a thing. I mean, uh, then as far as, you know, what to, to do, I, yes, I agree. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of things here questioning the source that gave you this. Not right. to say one way or the other bad, but question is that, yeah. I mean, is the friend of a friend, um, uh, shaman is you know and how did this person feel they you know how did this conversation come about that would bring this information you know I mean yeah was there something yeah yeah. so there's there's sort of like a like you say a question as to how all this came into into knowledge that you need to source out and and feel comfortable with and work with before you jump into all of the ten medicine men and performing a ritual and you know all of that. I and I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying right. there's other things that you need to do before you you know you've got to build a foundation. And right now I don't think there is one here. For them. Yeah, yeah, Process. and the other thing I would add to this is it's going to be a rare individual who intentionally uses their grandchild's blood and hair to curse them, right? Like that's a that's a rare, very disturbed human. So maybe that's not the situation. You know, maybe there was some sort of family magic done, but to like curse you with a with a, a sex demon basically is what it sounds like to me. Like that's super weird and uh, and very mm-hmm. unlikely you know most right. people are not going to do that and i know that there's de- i've definitely had clients whose own families did spell work against them and curses and things like that like families can be fucked up i totally acknowledge that but i think that's mm-hmm. pretty rare pretty rare mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot going on here and i would suggest for you to get a second opinion Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And um, before anything goes down, you know, do that because that was like, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. So, okay. Well, then um, why don't we do one thing quickly? I think we're out of time, believe it or not, where we should probably do our commercial. Yeah. 
and then we can come back for the rest of the, the uh, questions. Sounds good. We'll be back in just okay. a sec. Okie dokie. is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2, and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. <coughs> okay. Here we go. And here we are. We are back again. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Everything does come around. Okay. So, I'm going to let you take the next one. Okay, let's see. The next one comes from Emily, and she says, how do I learn to read the tarot? That's such a funny question, because I'm in the middle of teaching a 12-week, well, not in the middle, I'm two two weeks into a 12-week tarot class, so that's funny. Um, That is funny. Actually, and I thought about that when I was reading that question for you. Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) I would say, you know, first, get a deck, right? And... um, I always recommend the Rider Waite Smith deck as the the best starter deck. I know other people have different opinions, but that that's my that is my suggestion of a good entry level deck because most of the other styles and designs are based off of that system. So once you have a really firm understanding of that system, it translates to other decks really easily. Um, right. But I think there's like personally, I think there's levels to learning it. So one is to to play with the cards, take them out, shuffle them, pull a card, look at it. What does your intuition tell you? What are the impressions of the artwork? What kind of vibe does the card give you? If you were to make up a story about the card, what would that story be? And then go and check your references. So go online. Like I think it's biddytarot.com is a pretty great website. Um, mm-hmm. Go get some books go read the little pamphlet that comes with the deck and see like was your initial impression right on and just keep doing that and keep playing with it um and then you know read read books take classes practice reading for other people it is um it is a skill so if you know i think the problem is that people expect to be able to just do the thing uh, and that's not how it works. It takes time to learn the modality. It takes time to learn the symbology. Uh, and it takes time to understand how all of those things fit together because it's not like I'm going to pick this card and this is your future. Like that is definitely one way of reading. I refer to that as the fortune right. teller version of reading. But most readers right. 
use that modality on top of intuition and guidance and they look at all of the cards as a puzzle or a picture and really let that information guide the the explanation and the unfolding so it is a skill and it's going to take time and practice and 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 it can be fun like it doesn't have to feel like slogging through a work or a school project but it does take mm-hmm. time, you know, and I and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Avara, I think we did a whole episode on reading tarot cards, and then we did a whole series on um, all the major arcana, so you could also listen to our other mm-hmm. episodes, and it'll give you, like, a really great foundation to get you started. Right. Anything you would point. add? Actually, um, you know, just my own sense of how I started you know when I started it wasn't because I wanted to learn how to well I have to take that back when I started it was because I was in the middle of a crisis Um, I was divorcing my first husband Um, obviously my world had fallen apart and it just happened that there was this lady that was teaching tarot reading or tarot um, at a place that was called Every Woman's Village. I always thought that was such a great name for a, <laughs> um, a group. And it, it was basically an old motel set up in the, the Southern California style of a hacienda. And they, would take, they took all of the rooms and they made them in classrooms. And so these different teachers of different things would take, you know, would do classes, a percentage would go to the, to the people who owned and did all of the, the things for every woman's village and, and they would do this. Well, I got involved with this person, you know, teach learning and I was so involved that, I mean, she did like level one and then she did level two and level three. Well, I was like, I, at the time, this tells you how old I am. I was doing cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, I would take the class and then I'd get through with that, and then, of course, the next class I would be listening to the first one while I was, you know, waiting for her. Whatever. She says I was the only student that ever basically was listening to the classes before on her on headset while, you know, getting ready for the next one. And I just basically, <laughs> I was so hungry for this information yeah. that I just kept going. And it right. wasn't necessarily... And then I followed her, right? She got through with that. She went to another place. She taught another level. I mean, it was – and so I basically followed because I I had a a bond with the teacher. And then at a certain point, this is what happens, and I tell this to every student, at a certain point the teacher will look at you and say, it's time for you to go away now because – she did the same thing to me, only she, by then I, she had moved to the East Coast, and so she said, I can no longer read for you, and I can no mm. longer, you know, teach, because you have reached a level where you need to go. Not that I, I can no, it was like, you need to go. And that's when you find the next level, either another teacher, or you start experimenting on your own. And again, yeah. the things that Phoenix has said about classes about books about you know all these things and doing it just doing it yourself and what do you feel because one thing I have learned is that it is part of a connection to the to spirit to the to the to the realm of intuition 
and it is not it's not defined as the only way because there's all yeah. different ways to do you know the kinds of readings that people choose to do um but it's like it talks to you and it is mm-hmm. a puzzle and it is a way of having it talk you know like this dialogue and that's when you'll feel um you'll you'll feel it and so yeah. it's a, a series of things that you you go with so i think that's you know when i say that it's because the journey is personal and yeah. sometimes you just do it as your own spiritual um enlightenment for yourself mm-hmm. not because yeah. you want to do it you know to make money to to help you know to to help other people it's just your tool and other times it it grows and becomes another part of that aspect mm-hmm. of helping others so i think that's a really important point that you're making though because like part of the culture right now is that everything has to become a, a side hustle or a way for you to make money or a way for you to become TikTok famous or whatever. And it doesn't yeah. have to be like you can explore the tarot and learn to have a relationship with the cards. that's purely your own and you might never mm-hmm. read for another person or make money from it or become a TikTok star from it, you know, like just let it be for you. That's totally delightful and wonderful and acceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and we all have levels that it's like sometimes you're a teacher of teachers. Sometimes you're the star. You know, mm-hmm. we are all things in our lifetime and in other lifetimes that we come back and forth on. So I think that's the part um, that's really important is that you just yeah. you, you use this for your own your own sense it's you know fame is is fleeting everyone yeah. will get their 15 minutes of it and go on and then if they get more that's wonderful and if that's what they really want that's even better um sometimes like you phoenix writing books is a way mm-hmm. for you to express things and to get things in a in a manner out into the world from where you kind of feel this is your your calling and there are other things that you've added or you you've had as part of your base mm-hmm. um i just think tarot reading is it's beautiful but i think it's um how do i want to put it it's um it needs to you need to, to have a groundedness with it rather than try to do it with you know ego yeah yeah, and I yeah. think also, oh, shoot, what was I going to say? The, the thought just evaporated completely out of my head. <laughs> Those happened. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, so, you know, I read, I started reading cards when I was a teenager, and I read for a really long time, and I, I would do it at parties and for, like, coworkers, and it was just this thing that I did. And it, honestly, it wasn't until I worked at Lucky Mojo when Catherine Ironwood was like, you know, you should – become a reader and you can make money from this. And I was like, I don't know. Like, this is just this thing that I do. It's, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'm good enough to, uh, or skilled enough or know enough or whatever, even though it had been over 10 years that I'd been doing it. And, uh, and that's when it changed. And that was all, you know, about a decade ago, a little bit more than that maybe, but, 
Um, you know, that wasn't always my plan. It just kind of, it shifted after 10 years mm-hmm. or 15 years of reading. So, um, you know, even if you start reading as a way to just be fun, that could change down the road too. So, yeah, be open to right. the process. See what happens. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So we have Christy. I love the ones so far. I get, <laughs> I'm the one reading <laughs> the these really interesting ones. ones. Um, I heard there is a ritual or spell that can be performed to ask a spirit to help become a famous musician. Is that true? I've read a bit about it involving the devil and crossroads. I want to be a famous musician. Is this a ritual that's safe to perform? Mm. Okay. Uh, Well, um, I, I guess because I... I do not, I, I, how do I want to put this? The dark arts is, is something that I have chosen to um, stay on the other side of and to work more in the light. But mm-hmm. that being said, um, asking for help from a spirit it's always got a certain, um, just like asking for help from archangels and deities, you have a responsibility. So yeah. I feel that if you want to become a famous musician, the first thing you have to be able to do is be a musician in this world. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because... You can't you can't do anything if you are how do I want to put this to be a, a musician you have to be one here it isn't about suddenly like magic um, in a movie where you say I want to be a famous musician or a famous artist or a famous this and you do this ritual and bam you are because you have had no anything no mm-hmm. contact with the actual art or music or anything but that's what you right. really want to do. Right. You know, so that's number one. And, uh, you know, from there, I'm going to turn it over to you because I think there's something that you can say right now that will probably be really good. (laughs) Well, I can feel it. (laughs) There is a very famous hoodoo working of going to the crossroads at midnight and you have to do this for a certain amount of nights and you uh, petition the devil uh, but you you have to already be a musician. So it can't be like, oh, I want to be a famous musician, but I don't own a musical instrument. I just want the, I just want it to happen, right? So typically, and there's like old blues songs about this. It's shown up in TV shows. Like I just started rewatching Supernatural. And um, in Supernatural, there's a whole episode about Crossroads Demons and this very famous musician selling his soul to become a very famous musician. Uh, so, you know, it's become modern folk tale and it's got all this older folk stories around it, but you have to already be a musician. So you need to be skilled with an instrument and then you go to the crossroads with your instrument and you, mm-hmm. wait, you, you wait until you see the dark man, right? That's the way it's phrased most often. You wait until the, the dark man appears or you get a, um, a message from the dark man. This is how it's phrased. 
what does the dark man mean? Who the fuck knows? Is that the devil? I don't know. I, I don't believe nor work with the devil, so I couldn't answer that for you. Is it some mm-hmm. sort of sin spirit or evil spirit? I don't know. This is, this is a ritual that I've never done and probably never will. But you go to the crossroads with your instrument. And then when you see mm-hmm. the sign, then you know that your, that your deal has been accepted. But you have to continue to go. And honestly, I can't remember off the top of my head if it's 13 nights in a row or three nights in a row. I know it's more than three because this is one of those, like, this is not a lighthearted spell. Is it safe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I know people who have done this spell. One of my clients did it. Uh, they're a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a very profound and interesting experience, but they're not famous yet. That doesn't mean it won't happen. I don't. I don't know. So I don't know. I think your mileage may vary. I would do more research since you've already done a little bit of research figure out what your comfort level is with doing something like this. Think about the implications. I think that this is the thing, like, you know, I, I'm turning 44 this year. So at my age, I can see the the long-term implications of things that at 22, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have understood. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. because with age comes experience. And so if you're a very young person, you might not fully grasp the implications, you know, set like, for example, like in Supernatural, and this is not the way it works. This is fantasy TV shows. This is not true or real. But in the show, the way they spin this story is that you get a certain amount of years and then the the crossroads demon comes for your soul and you go to hell, right? So you only right. get five, eight, ten years. At 22, you might think, 10 years, that's great. That's fine. I'm good. I'll trade my soul for 10 years. 10 years ain't shit, girl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like yeah. you can't understand the implications of that when you're younger, but the older you get, the more you're like, no. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so don't make any oh, yeah. decisions is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I think that's the part that most people don't get. Yeah, And I guess that's the problem with um, what's happened in society is that we have this um, expectation. We don't want, you know, we want something, but sometimes it may never happen. Sometimes what we want doesn't, you know, we get it, and then we, we realize that isn't really what we want. But that, as you say, it, some of this just comes with age because, yeah, you know, I wanted to be a film writer. I wanted to be first a famous actress, and then I kind of changed. And I did these mm-hmm. things, and I got certain levels, and then I realized I didn't want that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I changed my direction. Uh, yeah. It's funny how you – but that's because you learn – through experience and through mm-hmm. time, which, as I have noticed, with 90% of what you deal with in our present age is instantaneous. Like, you yeah. know, we can make our phone call and we get through or we can call, you know, we, we, we order something online and it's here in three days or whatever. Um, yeah. 
instead of on a wagon that it took them, you know, months to get to us, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's uh, it's part of maturity. So yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, one of the ways I could explain that, like tattoos, right? If you get a tattoo when you're 14. That's going to have a whole other context to you when you're 34. Mm-hmm. It's a permanent thing that you're putting on your body. And I have a lot of tattoos. I'm very heavily tattooed. But the majority of my tattoos I've gotten since I, after I turned 30. So the last 14 years has I've been tattooed. And I only got one mm-hmm. tattoo before I turned 30, right? Or two maybe. But mm-hmm. um if I had been getting tattoos when I was in my 20s, I would be covered with things that I don't give a fuck about anymore. <laughs> True. You know? True. So I'm like, I, there's a, and there's a way that I'm really glad that I waited as long as I did because I have more perspective and more awareness than I did back then. And, and back then I would have been like, who cares? No big deal. And I probably might still feel that way about it. Like, no big deal. Who cares? Like, it, it's a signpost of a specific time in my life uh but you know that's a little lighter than making a deal with a demon <laughs> that's true but it's a and they do thing yeah 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 exactly yeah. so um <clears throat> yeah i think that that it's always interesting to find questions that have certain bases that you want Mm -hmm. certain Mm -hmm. things and magic is fraught with the idea that you do a spell get what you want it's fraught with that and and unfortunately the film industry and television and um, all of that more modern technology has made it even more alluring oh yeah you know yeah what really is about so. Yeah, there is this idea that fame makes you a better person or whatever. And I, I was just thinking about this the other day because um, there's a lot of young folks that are witches and pagans that have reached a level of fame on social media. And one of them was kind of rather loudly complaining about this level of fame and how, uh, you know, people have expectations of them and they're bothered all the time and, uh, you know, people are are doxing them or looking up their personal information and reaching out to their family members. That's what fame does, right? Like, oh, yeah. Fame is not mm-hmm. just like everyone loves you. That's only part of it. Fame is also that lots of people don't like you. Fame is also that lots of people think that they own you or get to have a piece of you. Fame is mm-hmm. people who are mentally unstable coming for you. Like, it's all of those things. And so we, we think, because of our culture and our society, that fame is great, and it means you're rich, and it means you're popular. It's not just that. It's so much more than that. So be careful about wishing for fame. It's not necessarily all it looks like from the outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For truth. For truth. Yeah. We have one last one, and then we are actually will be at our time. Yeah. I hand this one to you, dear. Yeah. So this, all it says is, I want to be rich. (laughs) Uh, Me too, girl. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
Yep. Me too, girl. I mean, here's my quick answer. Then you need to have a really good relationship with money and abundance. Um, And that is like a whole show topic. It's more than we have remaining in our chat today. Um, You can definitely be rich and magic can aid and support that. But it doesn't just happen with lighting a candle and doing one spell and thinking you're done. It's actually ongoing work in facing your Mm -hmm. money issues, your abundance blocks, and your relationship with money. It's Mm -hmm. not as glamorous as it might sound. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the word rich. Okay, Mm -hmm. I want to be rich. That means I can be rich in love. I can be rich in beauty. I can be rich in health. I, you know, it rich isn't, I understand when we read that, immediately what comes to mind is money. But that also has to be, you have to be specific about wanting to be rich in what, you know, and. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. I know, I, because as soon as, I mean, you, you hit exactly where I was going to go with it. Because that's exactly what I'm seeing. But then saying I want to be rich, it's like I want to be rich in, in, uh, you know, in being able to make beautiful uh, pictures or rich in Mm -hmm. wanting to have abundance in my garden. And, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. like take it and go blanket across. So, you know, um, avoid the concept of being rich puts you into greed because greed is the dark side mm-hmm. of rich. So, right. Whether Absolutely. It's, you know, and so I think there are certain things here that need to be taken into effect, but obviously a lot of us would like to be um, prosperous and have, you know, uh, the kind of economics that take care of um, our concerns, our desires, our needs, as well as, you know, whatever i mean quite frankly i used to want to go jet off to various places and now i'm looking at the world going i don't think i want to jet off anywhere at the moment right <laughs> there's too many things going on and it's not just covid it's a lot of them. no yeah yeah, so, yeah absolutely um, but anyway so i think that puts us at the end of our our you yeah know, that does questions it. You know, yeah. but, so just uh, a friendly reminder, if you have a question, um, go to our website, which priestesscauldron.com, and fill out just a little questionnaire there with your name and the question that you have. We could also do a tarot reading for you on a subject that you might want just a quick three-card reading on. Just know that mm-hmm. it might be a month or two before we do this topic again, so you'll need to be patient with getting your answer. Uh, and that's, Definitely. that's it. Yeah. I know, I know. We are, we are definitely on a on an end of our show. Uh, as far as the next few shows, I know that next week we you know have necessarily a particular time, but I know the following. I have to sit here and play with my calendar because we would. Well, next week will will be definitely our um, our aim ball show that's right 28 yeah. Yeah. So tune and, in yeah. for that right and then probably the next live one will be the fourth of mm-hmm. um february so yeah woohoo yeah, yeah. so and we'll see you soon okie dokie you take care have a wonderful right. week 
Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.